ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Or TV time remaining, and it is your main event of the evening. Introducing now, from the sovereign nation of Poland, and you can follow him on Twitter at Landoz. You know him. Some of you love him. Landon Doan. Yay, and the crowd goes mild. It's me, it's Turkey Tits, it's Landon Doan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my tag team partner, and by God, he is my best friend. That's not just fun music at the beginning. It's Will Freakin' Rab, everybody. Rab, how we doing this morning, noon, or evening? Which, by the way, it's a podcasting day. You know what that means. Gotta get that in there. It is a podcasting day. You know what that means. And by the way, let's just get some things straight. Um... You're not turkey tits. Those are made of alcohol. <laughs> that is true. So so I guess I'm te- tequila tits. <laughs> and as Cole Kublik pointed out on the uh, on, on the Ed Orger on Twitter machine last night, uh, turkey tits are not. Uh, Conrad Thompson's built quite the empire. So uh, look, looks be damned. He went from uh, doing a free wrestling podcast like this one uh, to what having the best wrestling podcast network on the face of the earth? Yeah, easy. I mean, uh, Conrad's dropping content. I think every day now. Like he even got locally here, uh, Doctor Tom Pritchard, uh, to start doing a podcast. Shout out to uh, Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy. <laughs> hey, there you go, man. So uh, congratulations to uh, Conrad Thompson. Was it uh, SaveWithConrad.com? Yep, and uh, AdFreeShows.com. And uh, yeah. uh, apparently, we're giving out ads for other podcasts. But you know, that isn't really anything new for what we do. <laughs> hey, dude, you gotta give respect where respect is due in the industry. <laughs> and Conrad yeah. is, is doing it well. So after you listen to this, I'm completely fine if you want to go uh, grill JR or whatever you want to do. 83 but, weeks with Eric Bischoff. Yeah, honestly, we already have your download, so feel free to go listen to a much better podcast if we're being That is true. Honest. You have listened long enough for us to get your download. We're good. Uh, but it is a podcast in day. You know what that means? There must be a big wrestling pay-per-view uh, to talk about Dawes, and we will get to that because... AEW Revolution is happening this Sunday. That's right, this Sunday. We'll explain. And there is a, the the main event is a match that I did not think would ever be sanctioned in North American professional wrestling. So shout outs to TK on that. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know, but we'll get to it. First though, Dawes, uh, some things uh, that we need to... I hit on from the WWE universe, uh, starting with there's a new champ on Raw. Well, there's actually been a couple new champions since yes. the last time we joined you, the lovely listener. And before we dive into the WWE universe real quick, uh, rest in peace, uh, Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, you were a very important part in this world of professional wrestling. But uh, yeah. So uh, WWE, for whatever reason, has not only one, but two pay-per-view events between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and they had their very first one of those two uh, not too long ago, and it was Elimination Chamber. If you want to find out what happened at Elimination Chamber in full, um, uh, I invite you to go somewhere else, because we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how at the main event uh, uh, saw Drew McIntyre retain his WWE World Heavyweight Championship in the raw side of the Elimination Chamber. And then, lo and behold, out comes the now ex 
U.S. champion Bobby Lashley and just bludgeons and beats the bejesus out of Big Daddy Drew, uh, a.k.a. Drew Mackenfart, uh, leaves him laying, and then lo and behold, we hear the Miz's music hit, and the Miz comes out and cashes in his money in the bank to become the new world the new WWE heavyweight champion. And the reason that Lashley came out and beat up uh, Drew McIntyre is because The Miz cut a deal with MVP to get the big bads uh, of the Hurt Business to come out and do his bidding. Apparently, we find out the next night on Raw, the deal they cut was, hey, have Lashley go uh, lay out Big Daddy Drew and uh, you can uh, give Lasher a uh, title shot in the future. Let's start with what happened, and we're going to keep this brief. Let's start with what happened at Elimination Chamber. You know, the more I think about it, I'm not going to get too ticked off about this, although it is, to me, in my mind, similar to the uh, trope of uh, having someone hide outside of the ring at a, at a battle royal. I, I guess, though, there's not a lot of options in how you can cash in. Uh, a money in the bank. I guess the one thing I like about how they do the title shot contract matches in AEW is it's not one that you can cash in at any time. It's just, hey, we're going to give you a title shot at some point, but like we're going to have a straight-up match. Um, I, I guess when it all comes together with what happened on Raw, which we'll get to in a minute, I, I, I hate it less. Uh, but... I don't know exactly what the answer is, Dawes, but I would like to figure out some way, something better than, hey, guess what? Probably at the Elimination Chamber or after some really b- vicious match, the uh, the the shit heel uh, is going to come out with his uh, briefcase uh, and cash it in on a wounded champ. Like, there's, I, I don't know what the answer is, but there's got to be something more creative than that. I mean, like I, I do, I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I think that's just kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to the money in the bank. Generally, you're going to have a heel win it, and they're going to be the dastardly heel. And uh, to borrow a line from Edge, which I mean, ended up he's the one that really kind of created this formula and earned himself the title of the ultimate opportunist when he did cash in on a. Well, ironically enough, after an Elimination Chamber match on a bloodied and beaten John Cena and kind of set the template going forward. I do agree we've seen it a lot, but on the flip side, I I would be hard-pressed to see what else they could do with it because, I mean, the only other options we've really seen is, uh, well, again, John Cena, when he won the Money in the the Bank briefcase, he said, I'm going to cash in at this pay-per-view and gave the champion a heads up, which is kind of what AEW has done whenever they have like, you know, the casino battle Royale or the uh, bladder match or something like that for the chip that gets you that shot. This is a title shot at a set date. I just don't know what else they can do. Again, I think it's kind of just the nature of the beast. And and I guess it also depends, right, too, if you have a face or a heel with the the briefcase, because if you are a heel, then you need to do dastardly things like that. But I don't know. It, It just... It's one of those things kind of like somebody hiding and, and sneaking back in at the end of a battle royal that you just come to expect now. And I think, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I, we, I, we, guess we, the we, only, I guess the only surprise or intrigue about money in the bank is not how it's going to be cashed in, but when. And mm-hmm. there's got to be a little bit more creativity to that. But ultimately, not to, to dwell on that point, we flash forward 24 hours later to the main event of Monday Night Raw. And... Well, it was actually. I don't really care. 
I don't really care that it wasn't technically the main event. It wasn't the last show. But if you have a WWE championship match on Raw, you can have it at 6.15 in the parking lot. And it's the main event. Yep, that's um, true. I'm not so upset with that The Miz used his money in the bank. So Yeah, like I, I think this ended up getting everybody or the players in place for the road to WrestleMania. And by the way... Uh, I guess, spoiler alert, Bobby Lashley ended up just wiping the floor with The Miz two weeks after Elimination Chamber because the night after Elimination Chamber, like the chicken shit heel he is, The Miz was able to weasel his way out of it and threw Lashley to Braun Strowman. And if they were to beat Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman would be added to the match. Luckily, that didn't happen. I love the fact that... Bobby Lashley is now holding the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. He's been built like a monster for the last year. He's been booked like a monster, an unstoppable monster. Honestly, ever since he and MVP started the Hurt Business with uh, Sheldon Benjamin and later Cedric Alexander, they've been one of the highlights. Like, no pun intended, they might be the MVPs of the pandemic era of Raw. They carried that program. Um, they, they're one of those heel factions that got so cool, everybody was cheering for them. And that's that's how you know that you are on to something. Now, I know wrestling purists are like, oh, you don't want to be cheering for the heels. So clearly, if they're cheering for the heels, you're doing something wrong. I disagree because, I mean, like the NWO, everybody cheered for them because they were the cool heels. And the Hurt Business, I'm not calling the, the NWO, but they come out in their tailored suits and they just beat people's asses. And particularly Bobby Lashley, been booked like a monster. And this is honestly the potential that he's had since... He came back to the WWE a few years ago. When he first went away uh, from the WWE years ago, he went and did some MMA, pretty successful, went in, uh, to, to Impact and completely rebuilt his professional wrestling character, ironically enough, with MVP. And at one point, I think he held every championship in Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, like, Lashley has uh, come a long way. And honestly, this is exactly the type of Lashley we, the fans, wanted ever since he came back. Instead, when he comes back, he gets stuck with Sami Zayn in that horrible uh, angle and feud where uh, Sami brings out his quote-unquote sisters. Uh, about this time last year, he was hooking up with Lana uh, to feud with Rusev, and that was just a complete dumpster fire. But since then, I mean, Lashley has been on fire. I love that not only is, is he the WWE champion, it looks like he's going to be headlining WrestleMania as the WWE champion, and I say rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely rightfully so. Bobby Lashley is one of those guys uh, I, I can remember uh, when he broke in, uh, not into the business, but into the WWE, because what it, it, I may be off a little bit time-wise, but it was around that same time that uh, Shelton Benjamin uh, broke in, right? Uh, if uh, I, Sh Shelton had been around for a little uh, bit before uh, Lashers got into the WWE for his first run, but I mean, they were contemporaries back in the you know yeah. ruthless aggression era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm getting at. They, they were, they were, they were, they, they were in that that similar time frame, kind of in the early stages of their career. And a guy I've always liked, and uh, again, much like Christian, uh, thank goodness you know Impact was there because if you're the right guy. And you can go somewhere else and, I guess, you know, have enough sway to be able to book yourself in the right way. You can uh, resurrect your career uh, mm -hmm. in in other uh, promotions. And I think it's also significant because there have not been a lot of African-American yes. uh, world heavyweight champions in wrestling, period. 
but especially in the WWE. So good for Bobby Lashley, and that is going to be a main event you're going to want to see at uh, WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre is going to be a good match. And oh, imagine yes. that mm-hmm. this is this is my closing point on this. Imagine that WWE creative, straightforward booking, simple booking, <laughs> booking. You book wrestling made a good match. This is real simple. The heel wanted an advantage. He hired he hired a hired gun. He made a deal with the devil, so to speak. And then the you know uh, the devil. Uh, be careful uh, what you wish for, because uh, you might not always get. Uh, out of it so yep anyway. he made a deal with the devil and the devil came a calling for what was his yeah pretty that's what I, that's what i was trying to say and uh, you did that uh, more uh <laughs> eloquently i talk uh, good uh, words rab then uh you did uh talk good <laughs> words so uh, that's the bit with it in, that's the big thing going on in in wwe right now still building towards wrestlemania we well, if i remember correctly we still don't know what edge is going to do right uh, Edge has finally uh, made his decision at the same night on Elimination Chamber. Uh, he came out and speared the bejesus out of Roman Reigns. So I think it's pretty safe to say that Edge is choosing to go after the WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, the big dog, the head of the table, um, uh, and try and take that strap off of him. And in the same vein, uh, VFL uh, Bianca Belair has made it official. It is going to be her challenging Sasha Banks, the legit boss, star of uh, Star Wars Mandalorian for the WWE SmackDown women's title at WrestleMania. I think that is going to be a killer match. Yeah, I'm uh I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to all three of those co-main events mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh and, and to see where that's gonna fall. Uh some news does outside of the ring involving the WWE. And uh, it involves the future of uh, NXT. So we need to hit on that. Uh, also, uh, at some point, we got to figure out, WWE's got to figure out where the heck the Thunderdome's going to be. So Yeah, you asked me that question on Twitter. I'm like, oh, hell, we're like within a month of professional baseball starting up the regular season. And if you don't know, uh, the Thunderdome was moved to the home of the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field, which... I, I really like the presentation they've done with the Thunderdome. I know we dunked on it, its concept originally and its name. I still don't think it's a super It's the awesome name. name. It's, you yeah. don't have to name it. Like, AEW did a good job setting up a, a home base at Daly's Place. They didn't come up with a cheesy-ass name for it. Like, you're just be like, hey, we're broad. We're, we're, you know what's going on. We're at the Trop. We're at our, our virtual mm-hmm. uh, stadium at the Trop. It's not a big deal. Yep, but you you did you did ask that question. It's like, oh hell! I mean, they can't go uh, go to the uh, to the arena where uh, where the magic uh, magic play their game of the NBA because I mean the NBA season's still yep. going on. Um, uh, they can't I, go to the they can't go to the the hockey arena in Tampa because the Lightning are using that and the Toronto Raptors are using that. Mm-hmm. And I doubt they would go back to the performance center and scale it back after they've had these big grandiose Thunderdome presentations. I mean, I guess if push came to shove and that was the only place they could go, they would. But at the same time, like you have to imagine that like they're they're turning over every possible stone before they have to bite that bulk and go back to the when- PC. Because I mean that's that's where NXT broadcasts out, and I think it's called like the Central Rest or Capital Wrestling Center. Again, WWE Capital, you don't need to give- Capital Wrestling Center, and that is a tribute to the 
OG company that owned WWE back in the day. I'm sorry to step on you there. That was a that was a, a Vince uh, senior thing because that was his company was Capital Wrestling or whatever. I think if okay. I remember. Okay. All right. Well, you uh you learned my ignorant ass something today. I appreciate that, Rab. But uh, going back to the point that uh, that that uh, you made prior. WWE, you don't have to give everything a stupid name, like like just. But but I understand the history of it. But yeah, I will be uh, curious to see where the Thunderdome ends up. But uh, speaking of NXT, uh, it might be looking for a new home on broadcast television if some reports are to be believed. Yeah, I just quick to wrap up the thing on the Thunderdome. Uh, I guess the one other place uh, I think USF still has their Sundome Arena. It's not the primary arena in town, but I mean, they're pretty much done with basketball season after this next week. So you could go there. Uh, and apparently everything is 100% wide-ass open in Texas. So, you know. They, just, <laughs> they don't have water, but by God, it's open. They don't have, <laughs> they don't have water. They don't have electricity. Nope. You're probably going to get COVID, but it is wide-ass open. <laughs> or, hear me out. Pull a WCW and go to uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios and just do it on a back lot. <laughs> no, and just do it happen. on a back lot and tape six months of episodes and try for spoilers not to leak out. <laughs> Both companies tried that at different points in the 80s and 90s to, to varying degrees of failure. Yep. Mm-hmm. But anyway, NXT does might actually be on the move. What? Are you telling me that the Wednesday Night Wars, quote unquote, are coming to an end? Well, first of all, there was never really a Wednesday night war, except <laughs> on Rab, Twitter. I've with read jabronis. it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if there is a war, AEW's winning it pretty easily. You make whatever excuses you want. Uh, all the, the idiots who respond to Alvarez on Twitter every week and work themselves into shoots arguing about wrestling. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like, I think we've said this before. Unless you're collecting a paycheck from WWE or AEW, like, I, I can appreciate having a preference, like, but settle it down. I mean, like, calm down, wrestling Twitter. Y'all are, y- y'all are working yourselves into shoots, brother. It's not good that a- a NXT can only draw about 500,000 people. It's not ideal and that AEW pretty much wins every week. It's also not that huge of a deal. You're going to see ratings fluctuations if it's just, you know, kind of a regular dynamite, then about three quarters of a million people are going to watch it. If Shaq's on there uh, taking double table shots, and that's a heck of a bump. More on that later. Oh, my God. That was so um, great. Match of and, the year. I'm going ahead and, and calling it right now. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, if Shaq's getting. You know, Tope Suicida through a table uh, and and Sting's showing up and it's the go home to a pay-per-view, then yeah, they're probably going to be close to a million people. But anyway, not to get the whole ratings fight thing. Um, that wasn't ever really a fight because NXT never really put up a fight. But again, Rab, I saw it on, on online, on Twitter. They called it a war. And, and I mean, uh, by the way, do we have to call Shaquille O'Neal the new demo god? No. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call him what I called him uh, on 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 uh, DM on Twitter uh, last night. Uh, it was an insult to the, the Turbo Diesel, and I'm scared he might put his size 23 up my ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, because spoiler alert: apparently he disappeared after that match. He could be anywhere. Look out, Rab! He's behind you. 
He's he he's the, he's the he's the Black Undertaker now. <laughs> I saw somebody online say he's the AEW answer to the Fiend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently the Wednesday Night War could be coming to an end, but not for the reasons people think. Um, because again, uh, let's remember NXT was put on uh, Wednesday night basically uh, to run blocker uh, like uh, Burt Reynolds and Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> and uh, take the heat off of the uh, uh, semi-truck. Uh, NXT was there purposely to siphon fans away from AEW because, again, AEW, what averages, let's say probably about 750,000 viewers, Dawes, and on a good, uh, strong show like the go-home last night, they got up in the 900s, 900,000s. Yeah, not NXT's, the door of a mill. Yeah. NXT's somewhere between 500 and 650,000 viewers, uh, probably. Uh, if I'm guessing, they're keeping that half a million people from watching AEW. And I'm not saying, oh, well, when NXT goes away, 1.4 million people are going to watch NA or watch AEW every week. They're not, but AEW is going to be a lot closer to a million every week because wrestling fans are going to want to watch wrestling, and that's going to put them right on nipping on the heels of Raw, and then the battle is not... Uh, they're both under a million. They still both lost. They lost to SmackDown and they lost to Raw. AEW is a third place wrestling show. Now it's going to be like, how come AEW only has like 200,000 viewers less than Raw? And it's going to be because Raw has bad booking. Um, but NXT may be moving off of Wednesdays. It's not because of the numbers. Uh, basically, uh, NBC Sports Network is shutting down at the end of 2021. NBC is streamlining uh, their uh, stations, I should say Comcast, is streamlining the NBC stations that they own, uh, and they're going to shut down NBC Sports Network. A lot of that niche content that they had on NBCSN is going to end up on Peacock. Uh, some of the more premier stuff, NASCAR, the National Hockey League, uh, we'll see what other events migrate over to USA. Uh, so basically USA going back to being what it was in the 80s, a mix of entertainment and... Um, Sports kind of like the Turner channels. Uh, so uh, the NHL contract, which expires at the end of this season, but could be renewed and NBC would like to stay in the game. They may share that contract with ESPN. We'll have to see. Although if ESPN only wants games for ESPN plus then the NB then, then the NHL is going to make NBC take a package of games for cable. Cause they're not going to be completely off of cable. It'll kill them. Uh, people aren't going to buy ESPN Plus just to watch the NHL. Uh, so uh, the premier night for hockey on NBCSN is Wednesday Night Hockey, kind of a la the branding of Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Baseball and Thursday Night Basketball on TNT. Uh, so NXT would have to move. They would have to, if they wanted to still be on Wednesdays, they'd have to be on the WWE Network, which is rolling into Peacock. And I, Dawes, I think you'd agree with me. I don't think the WWE wants to pull the rug out from under NXT, which is doing decently numbers-wise. Half a million to three-quarters of a million people watching your show is not that bad for cable. And WWE is going to produce the show as a training ground anyway. You might as well get as many eyeballs on it as possible. So they're going to move to a Tuesday or a Thursday or whatever night USA has in the schedule. 
Yeah, and right now the rumored night is Tuesday, but I would be curious because uh, Tony Khan, uh, with the announcement of uh, Paul White signing on uh, with All Elite Wrestling, by the way, they signed the big show, so uh, that that also happened since we've uh, recorded. Uh, he did mention that they are going to be bringing another hour of TV or of television product by the end of the year, and some people are speculating it could be on a Thursday, so I'd be curious if WWE then tries to move to a Thursday, and again, to use your Smokey and the Bandit analogy, play blocker again. But uh, yeah, I it's I honestly if, hope they, they move it to a Tuesday where NXT can stand by itself because it's better for the sport of professional wrestling. Maybe not to the WWE's bottom line because, you know, they want to get them ratings, pal, but it I... I'll be honest, I'll be way more likely to check out uh, NXT if it's running unopposed uh, instead of on a Wednesday night. Because I'll just tell you, it's like like I, I have very limited time on a Wednesday night just due to my job. I got to go to bed. And I'll tell you, it's like unless they're like uh, Shawn Michaels is going to rest is going to get in the time machine and wrestle Randy Savage and 1990s Bret Hart during the main event of NXT. I'm not watching it. Like, like my wrestling time is going to be for all elite wrestling. So I'm curious to see a, if this does happen and B I'm looking very much forward to the numbers because I do agree with you. It's not going to be all right. Well, NXT's out of the uh, equation. Let's take 500,000 and add it to whatever AEW is pulling right now, because there are brand hardcores. We already talked about the people that get at Alvarez on Twitter. Whenever he tweets out any, rating stuff the average number for aew will go up because oh, yes, absolutely simply the fact even if it's not that many people on wednesday night if you want to watch wrestling you're going to watch aew mm-hmm. you're not and I, I wholeheartedly believe there are people who flip back and forth between both and that skews the average because those nielsen meters on those boxes record like every 15 minutes uh, that's why they that's why they do weather on the eights and on the tens and stuff like that is to keep you watching the weather because the guy's going to talk for five minutes and it's going to get you to stay and get measure you twice for the ratings on the local news. Uh, they manipulate they manipulate the shit out of you uh, to bump ratings up. So the AEW is going to get a bump because they'll get more sustained viewership. But I also think there's a good chance that there's probably a quarter of a million people uh, who. Uh, will say, hey, look, I really liked NXT. I think the product's a little bit better, but AEW's not half bad. I'll watch it on Wednesday night because I like wrestling. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think not only will AEW's numbers go up if NXT is off the Wednesday night slate because NXT, the hardcore fans that watch NXT, they like the same type of wrestling that AEW puts on. They like Finn Balor. They like Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era, uh, which, by the way, those are former Bullet Club members. And guess who is on AEW? I mean, hell, they're trying to get their own uh, Bullet Club going with uh, Kenny Omega, uh, the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes. Uh, They like that uh, indie-tastic style of wrestling. Right, so me, I so so I think the numbers for AEW will go up, but I also think the numbers for NXT will go up too. I think they will cuz I'll tell you, they'll go up at they'll go up one person. If <laughs> NXT is on another night because look, I know I could already tape it right now and go back and watch it. But if it's sitting in my hopper cuz it was on Tuesday night, that gives me more days to go back through the DVR and watch stuff and it not feel like you're doing homework. And I've been hearing really good things about NXT recently, yep. and that would be the one WWE product that I would watch. Although, 
I'd be kind of begrudging because I'm still technically putting money in the pockets of Vince McMahon and he is a shit heel. <laughs> Speaking I, of shit heels. Oh boy, here it comes. Boy. On the way out, Dawes, this is just a blow by real quick. Ooh. So you sent me this tweet the other day and there, I, I'm not even going to mention the name. Let's not even promote it, right? There was a women's wrestling show coming to Knoxville and the card looked really, really good because, like, you know, this is going to be one of those indie shows where they get, like, contracted talent from, like, AEW and other uh, promotions that let their talent go out and work indie shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, Former WWE legends, too. Yeah, so there's going to be this, like, super... This like indie indie women's wrestling super card, right? It was like uh, wrestling for women's charity or something like that. By the oh, way, and even better, it was gonna be for charity. Yeah, yeah, it was it was the wrestling for women's charity show. By the way, we can mention it because once people realized uh, what was going on. They just it shut this away. shit down. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to cancel because, you know, everybody made such a big deal out of this. It's like, no, the reason you got to cancel is because y'all are a bunch of fucking carnies. Anyway. Uh, that was because Chief Carney slash pervert and human garbage, Joey Ryan was behind the show. I do just want to throw out an allegedly just because he's been very lawyer-tastic when all of this has come out. So just to cover our ass, allegedly. He's been accused of being, well, I think we could, he, okay, he's been accused of being a carny and a pervert. No, he's definitely a carny. He's been accused of being a pervert. I'm just covering our bases. (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, Allegedly, I'll just say that one more time. But I mean, come on, Joey, your gimmick was that you could beat everybody with your dick. Uh Are we really surprised that the guy who came up with that gimmick was a gross creeper. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, I guess we shouldn't be that surprised, but in all honesty, it, like, it shouldn't even have had to take retrospect. When when you call yourself the king of dong style and, and your entire offense revolves around your dangus, I mean, like, I kind of feel like that... Dead, like, like, like we should have definitely seen this as it happened. But like, I, I have the image that they tweeted out. It was going to feature Carlito. It was going to feature Brian Cage. It was going to feature Sonny Kiss, the former Molly Holly, uh, JTG. That looks like, uh, uh, is that Davy Boy Smith Jr. Possible? I mean, like, they, there were some big names attached to this oh, yeah, show. Like this I was, mean, like, and you were, you were like, gonna, you were gonna go buy, you were gonna go to this show. Hells to the yeah, I was. You were gonna go to this show. Yes, and especially it's like, all right, you know, COVID protocols are in place, masks and social distancing required. Yes, there is a possibility I could have caught COVID, and, and and oh my God, could you imagine? Yeah, how'd you get COVID? I went to an indie wrestling show. Uh, just go ahead and put that on my tombstone. But uh, yeah, I would like, like, there was like a died at an chance. indie wrestling show. <laughs> But yeah, there was like a 90% chance I was going to this show. Rhino's there. And the reason I mentioned Rhino is then I look and who is next to him. It's it's the person that we were just talking about, the alleged uh, prevert. And it's like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, no. And then, and that's when it all fell apart because, yep. like, you, like we had said, there were some AEW contracted wrestlers who, uh, you know, AEW has a system. I think WWE has a system. They just don't let their people do as much. But, you know, there's a third-party booking protocol for these big companies where you can get people from these companies to make an appearance at your show even if they don't wrestle. 
And Tony Khan then said, hey, if you work for AEW, you're not going to do anything with Joey Ryan because he's allegedly a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, TK's like, by the way, I'll donate to the charity that this is associated with, which, by the way, good guy TK is a good guy. And then he came back with the tweet. Wait, if he's behind this, ask is, is the charity he? real? Then is the charity even legit? And that's a fair freaking question to ask because Cage Site Seats uh, did some homework. The charity was Project GRL and uh, is an evangelical organization led by Joan Meyer, whose finances have been called into question multiple times over the course of her ministry. So I think TK asked a very valid question. And on top of that, not only was Joey Ryan on the show, People did some digging and found that Bar Wrestling was the promotion that booked this show. Bar Wrestling was yep. Joey Ryan's promotion. And I say was yep. because it shut down when, when the speaking out movement happened and all mm. of these uh, allegations came out against Joey Ryan. And, and like not only did TK be like, no AEW uh, performer will be here. Uh, other uh, people that were... Uh, at least advertised for this show, uh, like Effie uh, on his Twitter at Effie lives, uh, purposely not informing involved talent is also disgusting. So, I mean, there's allegations that people didn't even know that he was going to be on the card. Uh, King MV, uh, said on his Twitter, the only MV young, uh, I will, per I will not be involved in this show in any way. I was misled of the purpose of this show. So, I mean, not only, uh, does it seem like Joey's involvement in this uh, show was being withheld? Also, the fact of who was booking this show was being withheld. So, um, bunch of carnies. Yep. And then on top of that, this was going to be streamed on Fight TV. Fight uh, came out on Twitter and said, hello, this is Kim Hurwitz, uh, CMO of Fight. I want to confirm that this event will not be carried by Fight. Thank you for your comments. We love our pro wrestling community. So, um, wrestling Twitter rightfully so lost their damn minds on this descended on the on the twitter account like like you want to see an example of getting ratioed this right here was getting ratioed oh so, yeah so the show then came out with this half-ass apology quote we apologize for riling everyone up it's clear that we're in over our heads we'll say that everybody booked was fully aware of all details including going through aew's third-party booking system for talent rather than put talent in a tough situation We've canceled the show. <sighs> Holy Can shit. Can I just say on the way out, because I don't need to devote any more oxygen to Joey Ryan. Uh, it's some just, this is some, the carny shit that gives wrestling a bad name. And also why, even if the NHL uh, maybe only has about 600,000 people watch it, they'd rather put that on Wednesday night on USA instead of NXT because Discover Card will sponsor uh, the NHL um, they probably don't sponsor wrestling because they think it's a bunch of hillbilly carnies and jackasses like Joey Ryan. So there you go. I just, I, I, I gotta say, I love through the forbidden door, Tony Khan, because he's just <laughs> out there cutting promos on people, whether he's buying time on impact or on Twitter, uh, Tony Khan opening the forbidden door is the best thing that ever happened for Tony Khan. Yep, I, I still don't know if I want him as like a commissioner or an on-screen uh, character outside of his buying time on Impact Wrestling. Because yeah, that's just, just do that, TK. That's just freaking other than hilarious. That, other than that, sit at Gorilla in your gym shorts and look confused. <laughs>
Yep, uh-huh. And uh, I will say this for the women's wrestling charity thing. I'm glad that trash has been kept out of my town. So uh, speaking of TK and the Forbidden Door, let's go ahead and kick that door off the hinges because when we come back, we are going to be previewing the follow-up to what was voted the best wrestling show last year. That was AEW's Revolution pay-per-view. We're talking Revolution 2021 with a dadgum exploding barbed wire death match happening on pay-per-view so uh keep it locked even though it's a podcast you really can't change the station so uh we'll see you on the other side Welcome back to Near Fall Radio. Uh, he's still Rab. I'm still a tequila tit. Wait, I don't even like tequila. Let's uh, go sit. I'm bourbon boobs. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good and unfortunately pretty accurate. Uh, we are here to talk about the 2021 edition of AEW's Revolution. Once again, this show was voted the best professional wrestling show last year by the readers of the Wrestling Observer. And I would be hard-pressed to disagree. I still hold last year's Revolution in very high regards. So, AEW has a very high bar to match when it comes to this Sunday, once again, Sunday's event, which, by the way, this is the very first pay-per-view AEW is holding on a Sunday, not a Saturday. First of all, just a reminder, because you forgot all of 2020, Revolution last year was where the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny uh, tore down the house with an 87-star match. (laughs) Would have been 88 if it was in the Tokyo Dome. But there's a Canelo Alvarez uh, boxing match. (laughs) <laughs> on February 27th. Uh, so uh, they did not have that. And then there's also UFC uh, 259 on Saturday. And so very smartly, the uh, AEW is not going up against other fight sports. Yes, the NBA All-Star Game's happening. Uh, the two and a half million people who are however many million people are going to watch the All-Star Game. Probably weren't going to watch Revolution anyway. I just don't think there's a lot of crossover between wrestling fans and hardcore NBA people. Well, you say that, but Rab, didn't you see the new demo god Shaquille O'Neal go through a table this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite? They're totally blowing it, Rab. TK's finally lost his touch. Oh, God, dude. We thought that was going to be so. We thought that match was going to be so bad. Oh my god! Like yes, like, like we will give you a little bit behind the scenes. We're peeling the curtain back to borrow a line from Vince McMahon. Rab and I were prepared to just completely dump on that match, but I have to tell you, I loved every second of that Shaq, Jade Cargill, Cody, Red Velvet. Yeah, we're going to get to Revolution in a second, but holy shit, we got to see the Shaq Diesel go through tables and 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 Jade Cargill and Red Velvet, they looked pretty good. I mean, they they definitely have some room to grow, but damn. I think I think I think AEW found some players in the women's division for years to come. Yeah, I think that worked out well. They, look, they knew they weren't going to put on a five, they knew they weren't going to put on a six-star match. They they knew that you weren't going to go out there with Shaq and have the type of match that uh 
well, heck, Jericho, Jericho, and MJF can't even kind of can't even have the the match that's at the peak capability of the Young Bucks. Like, the, you're not going to match the Young Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman with 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 Shaq. No. Um, and plus, but that's that's not really what you wanted to see. That's out of Shaq. not really the yeah. point anyway. The point was the point was. What, you want to see Shaq to, break out a Texas Cloverleaf or some shit? Actually, that no, would be pretty I mean, cool. The point, the point was, hey, number one, this is going to get us attention because people are going to want to see Shaq in a wrestling ring. You got Spencer Hall from from SB Nation and the SEC Network tweeting about Shaq going through a table. Mm-hmm. Although Spencer watches AEW every week because he he loves the Lucha Brothers. Though I will uh, say, like like you talk about the attention they want in my day job today, my host Phil Williams, who yep. in, in his world the only wrestling he knows is the stuff that Vince McMahon does. So we talked about Shaquille O'Neal uh, beating up the gun club, uh, killing QT Marshall, and then going through a couple tables. We talked yeah. about that. I looked so up in my control you, you, room. ESPN was talking about it. So You you got the casual person because clearly Shaq did a big part of AEW hitting 950 last night. Oh, yes. Uh, you, you got the casual viewer, but then the match accomplished what it needed to. It put over... Uh, it put over um, the women. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, uh, we, we know that Red Velvet got inserted into this match because Brandy ended up getting pregnant, which, by the way, Mazel Tov, you kids, uh, uh, wishing nothing but the best for you and your uh, growing family. I honestly think it's a fortuitous move to insert and really introduce Red Velvet to the wrestling world at large. Yeah, she's been having matches on AEW Dark, but, I mean... A fraction of the fan base is watching AEW Dark. So uh, this was, I believe, the first time she was featured very prominently on broadcast television. And I, like I said, I think uh, between Red Velvet and Jade Cargill, they have two players in the women's division that, you know, assuming they continue their upward trend, I I really think that these are going to be some players for years to come. Plus, Jade has a killer look. Hard hard to to disagree with that there, Dawes. Uh, they are going to be a factor uh, in uh, the division, and the again the match did what it was supposed to do from the AEW behind the scenes perspective. It drew eyeballs because you have Cody Rhodes, who's a big deal. And you have Shaq, who's the Turbo Diesel deal. But the women carried the pace, and then. When Shaq was in there, it wasn't terrible because he and to- he and Cody told a good story. Is it the greatest wrestling match ever? No, but it yes. was good. And also, oh. hey, Shaq disappeared. <laughs> yeah, that, that, Sh- <laughs> hashtag Black Diesel Undertaker. Yeah, that literally got a, a a like an audible. What the fuck just happened for me as I was watching? And and by the way, I think if like, they wouldn't have been on TNT, Jr. would have been like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Which, even though it was on uh, TNT, there was still probably like a 40% uh, chance JR would have said that. By the way, shout out to uh, Shaq for that powerbomb and also that Brody Lee tribute before he drilled Cody. God, that was such a good powerbomb. Shout out to Shaq for letting Cody basically do a tope suicida through the ropes and knock him to the table. Holy crap. Yeah. Bravo, I exactly what the exact move was that they did, but he basically did a suicide dive through the table and drove Shaq through two tables. Yep. All right. So going forward, uh, Shaquille O'Neal will be known as Hall of Fame wrestler Shaquille O'Neal. And oh, by the way, he did some basketball. Yes. <laughs> and uh, can't wait to see where the Turbo Diesel shows up. As I predicted, Jay Cargo got the dub. 
because you weren't just going to kill that storyline. Obviously, Shaq has his day job with TNT and cooking pizza at Papa John's, but you know you can get him on that Brock Lesnar type contract, and he'll show up and work for you every now and again uh, after he digests his pizza. Which, which, by um, the way, like speaking of Brock Lesnar, anytime Brock's in the ring, he looks just like massively bigger than everybody else. It's like Cody is not a small guy, both in stature and in height. He looked like a child around Shaquille O'Neal. And it's like AEW has people like uh, the murder hawk uh, monster. Lance, Lance Archer, Archer looked my size. Lance yeah. Archer looked like 5'7 standing next to Shaq. Brian Cage legitimately is built like Brock Lesnar. And he like I would like if, if, if they stood next to each other, like, okay, cool. It's bring your friend's kid to work day or something like that. Like Shaquille O'Neal looked like a legitimate monster last night. And it was fantastic. Speaking of in last sidebar before we talk, about the revolution card. Oh, yeah, that's right. uh, Marco Stunt looked like a lost child standing next to Big Show <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, Marco Stunt uh, put out a picture. He comes up to the Big Show's nipples. It's hilarious. We'll talk more about the Big Show because he actually has a role in Revolution because there's going to be a surprise involving the Big Show at Revolution. By the way, Paul White has signed with AEW. He is all elite. More to come on that. But Dawes, I cannot believe. The following sentence is about to come out of my mouth. It's a good thing, but I still can't believe it. The main event for Revolution for the AEW World Championship is an exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> for those in the back, the main event of AEW Revolution for the world championship is a freaking exploding barbed wire death match. Yep. For the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And on top of that, it like like and I'm I'm not meaning this as a as a as a insult to the performers I'm about to name. It's not like we're getting Abdullah the Butcher versus Pitbull 2 or something like this. This is number 1 wrestler in the world, John Moxley. And the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. And yeah, once again, is... an exploding barbed wire death match. And this ain't taking place in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, we're not joking to talk about it. Star ratings. This is happening in the U.S. by God of A. In yeah, the second is... biggest promotion in the world. This oh, is my not God. Com this is not combat zone wrestling. No. <laughs> Which, by the way, what go what? There's a series from Vice called uh, the Wrestlers, uh, and they have one where the guy goes like interview all the interviews the guy who the Japanese guy who created the death match and and like highlights death match wrestling and goes to a combat zone show. It really really good among other episodes of that, but like explaining why people do death match wrestling. Um, by the way, this is sanctioned. This is not like the Lights Out match at yeah. Full Gear a couple years ago. Tony Khan, again, because he's opened the forbidden door, <laughs> is now sanctioning death matches. Oh, oh, forbidden door I, Tony is, is my favorite version of Tony. Like, literally, if they came on at 7 o'clock and said, okay, everybody else on the card has tested positive for COVID, so we're just going to replay Dark. For, for two and a half hours. Because that's how long Dark is. Actually, they'll have to cut it in half to get it down to two and a half hours. Well, we're just going to replay some matches from Dark because everybody else has the drizzling shiz right now because uh, they, they went and go eat at the, the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> um, 
Chat out back to the list of people who are not going to sponsor this podcast. I was going to say, whoa, slow the hell down. Like, I'm a, I'm a blooming onion guy. Like, like, like Outback Steakhouse. Uh, the views expressed in that last sentence are those of Will Rabbit. Will Rabbit AEW's a Chili's company, baby. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I got that Chili's money. Everybody or Cracker the, Barrel. Every, or Cracker Barrel. Everybody's got the drizzling shiz. So we can't have. <laughs> we can't have any other matches. So you got to wait two hours for this death match. We're going to replay some stuff from Dark. I would watch all of it because they're going to have an exploding barbed wire death match for the main event. Dawes, how do you see this playing out? I mean, like, like I, I'll go ahead and tell you. It's like, like I think Moxley will end up coming short, but we know his... Um, want to do when it comes to violent things. And, and Kenny Omega's no slouch of this either. You already mentioned the lights out match that they had at full gear last year. Um, couple, uh, they, they had an, uh, oh, what was it? That, uh, that spot where they suplexed each other into that, just like pit barbed, of barbed wire. wire. Yeah. Which and you can see them like convulsing. Oh, on oh the barbed my God. Wire. And, and, and that actually legit got them in trouble with the uh, athletic commission in the state of Maryland, which, which still kind of cracks which me up. Which is stupid because oh, I know, I know. <sighs> so stupid. Wrestling's not real. What? It's still real to me. Damn it. There it is. Yeah. It's still real to me. Damn it. But it's like, like these, t- like some people are like, like why are, why are you having this stipulation? Well, one, it's awesome. And two, this has been one of the longer feuds going in AEW. I mean, you have to remember when the very first ever Double or Nothing went off the air. Yep. How did it end? It ended with John Moxley throwing Kenny Omega off that stack of giant poker chips uh, as the pay-per-view goes off the air, Mox standing tall. These two have beaten the bejesus out of it. The first episode of Dynamite. What led to that Lights Out match? At full gear, uh, we're having a we're having a ma- they were having a the the main event and John Moxley randomly puts Kenny Omega through a glass table. Oh my God! Yes, he hit him with the with the uh, paradigm shift. I, I I actually think that was more of his uh, more of his uh, New Japan version the uh, the the Death Rider I believe he called yep. it because because he got way more elevation and just drove him straight through that table. I mean, like these two have a habit of just beating the hell out of each other. I think it's going to be great. Definitely the Good Brothers are going to get involved at some point in this match. Uh, yeah, can't... I'm sorry. Finish your thought there. Yeah, well, I was going to say, your favorite uh, wrestling personality, the invisible hand, Don Callis, will be involved at some point. But I do think that the cleaner will end up uh, standing tall, though standing tall might be a uh, misleading term because I think he is going to get bloodied, beaten, and he is going to be... Uh, pretty much carried out of uh, Jacksonville this Sunday. Still, AEW yeah, World Kenny Omega is going to be the champion because the Invisible Hand and the Good Brothers are going to make sure it happens. Not on his merit, but well, and that, also, advances, it, it, that advances this storyline to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Although, if you where do you go after a where do you go after a death match? Uh, on to the next feud, because I actually think this is going to be the way AEW writes Moxley off of TV for a couple months, because him and his uh, wife, much like uh, uh. Cody and Brandy, they're expecting their very first kid. And uh, 
John Moxley Jr. Negative two. Negative. Oh my God. Yeah. Him and him and uh, Brody Jr. are gonna are, are gonna uh, be main eventing AEW in, in twenty years. But it's like I think I think this is a really good way to get Moxley off TV, and he's gonna go out like the fighting monster that he is. He'll come up short, and when he comes back. That is going to, assuming we can have fans back by that point, please, Jesus, let us have fans back by that point. It is going to like like blow the roof off of whatever arena it happens to be in because like 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 Moxley is a true wrestling superstar, and if and if he goes down like the like the gunslinger of westerns and movies of old, you know, uh, I like like I. Much like Kenny Omega, he's going to get the hell beat out of him. He's going to be bloody. He's going to be broken. He's going to come up short. But he will be perfectly protected, and everybody will be anxiously awaiting his return and to get his revenge. Absolutely. I cannot wait for it. And I think that's going to allow us to finally start on the journey that I have been hoping that AEW is going to embark on for a couple months, which is... uh, Hangman Adam Page having enough of Kenny Omega's shit and hmm. doing something about it with the help of the Dark Order. Join the Dark Although Order. I don't know if that's instantaneous after this match, but I think, you know, like you can only keep putting Hangman in some little short term feuds for uh, so long. But I agree. I do think Kenny Omega comes out on top. I didn't think about the, this being the angle of this is the end of that feud for now because, like, Moxley's going to take some time off. But, like, John Moxley deserves some time off. Oh, he absolutely does. Uh, and, and especially and, with, and, the, with the promo, you already mentioned it earlier. It's like, uh, you, you know, I might not win, uh, I, but but I, I, I will kill myself in this ring for that title. Like, like, Moxley will, I mean, hopefully not literally kill himself, but he'll come right up to that line trying to get the title back. And still look good doing it. And then when he comes back, holy shit, here comes Mox. We should mention, by the way, Revolution's going to have about 1,300 fans at it per Tony Khan yes. on uh, the mm-hmm. AEW uh, podcast. Um, so that's going to be cool. That's about the biggest crowd they've had since the pandemic. So He said close to 25% capacity. So so it, it does feel like we're going to have the closest thing we've had to a crowd at a wrestling show since the whole world caught on fire. So so that'll be fun. That uh, uh, will be fun. Uh So that's going to be that's going to be your main event. Let's go through the rest of the card and we'll kind of go uh, how we do it is just how could you 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 can't talk about everything else and not have talk. I mean, it, have they ever done one? They've not done a lot of these in period. Most of them happened in Japan. If they have happened in North America, they happen in some crappy indie show uh, where you got you know paid a hot dog and a in a coke. <laughs> uh, this. You just we had to skip to the main event. So I, again, I think it's too early to take the belt off of Kenny Omega. Anyway, uh, Hangman Page is going to do that at some point in my mind. They just have to figure out exactly when and how they're going to do all that. Uh, the rest of the card pre-show, uh, interesting tag team match: Britt Baker and uh, Rebel, not Reba, uh, <laughs> versus Riho and uh, Thunder Rosa. Now, that's a good uh, pre-show match. There's not a lot you got to say about that. Those are four uh, wrestlers because I think Reba's, excuse me, Rebel's wrestling <laughs> skill uh, is 
underrated because she's mm-hmm. been training very hard and she has some wrestling experience prior to AEW and that tag team situation. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker don't like each other. And then I'm just glad Riho's back working in the women's division. Yes. Uh-huh. So that's a good pre-show match to kick things off. Uh, Tony Khan alluded to that and, and uh, Tony Schiavone, Skiavone alluded to that uh, they're probably going to kick off the show with the uh, tag team championship match. Let's go there next. Or, or hmm. Tony was reading off of Wikipedia and that said number one. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, AEW has uh, does have a habit of kicking off uh, Dynamite with a killer tag team uh, match to kind of set the pace. So I I wouldn't be that surprised if we got it's, that coming out of the it's gate that, for, for it's uh, Revolution. That or one, it's it's that the ladder match or the battle royal. Which, which um, I mean, we all know it wouldn't be an AEW pay per view if they didn't have a ladder match and or a battle royal. Like I don't have. Look, oh my god! Have, um, <laughs> you want to let, talk about talk. tropes that you're kind of getting tired of? I'm kind of getting tired of every damn pay per view having some ladder match and or battle royal where the winner gets a title shot in the future. I mean, I understand for booking standpoint, it it kind of streamlines, it makes it a little bit easy, but. Holy guacamole, and, and I apologize to use such harsh food language, but uh, it's it, 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 I'm starting to notice a pattern here. Yo. <laughs> well, I mean, they only have four a year. You're trying to get guys on the card. Um, I understand what they're wanting to do. You know, you have that match. It's something people want to see, so you put it on the pay-per-view, and then it sets you up to be able to roll. You know, in the case of the, Revolu- the, the Face of the Revolution match, it sets you up into that dynamite right after because what TK also said on uh, Unrestricted this week is the winner of that ladder match is wrestling Darby on Wednesday on the Dynamite after Revolution. And if Darby Allen is unfit to compete because Team Taz snapped him in half, then Darby drops the belt. So Mm -hmm. uh, there you go. Uh, So there's at least some intrigue there. But yeah, I I can see what you're saying. They have some ladder match. They have some battle royal or something sort of that is in every single AEW pay-per-view. But again, I mean, you only have four a year and you have a lot of talent you're trying to put on a pay-per-view. I get that. That ladder match lets you put fifty lets you put thirty guys on a show. Tag team match, you mean. In the ta- in the in the tag team battle royal. It's yes. a thirty man ladder match? That thing is never gonna end. No, the <laughs> the battle royal is fifteen teams. Yeah, I I I know I was making a joke yeah. when I said yeah. It, but no, I get it. Maybe they need it. You know, maybe hey, TK, calm down a little bit. Like mix it up a little bit. But I think that's more of a a nature of a beast thing. Is yeah. they're having to come up with ladder matches or battle royals or multi man matches to be able to get everybody on the card that they want on the card. But uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship. It's uh, number one on my list on Wikipedia, and I'm going to go with the. Uh, Skiavone said he says going to lead off the show. The Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, not only defend the AEW World Tag Team Championship, but the honor of Papa freaking Buck versus the dastardly bastards, Chris Jericho and MJF, with Wardlow in their corner. The Inner Circle versus the Bucks. Uh, this is, although I don't know if when AEW started, we probably thought that MJF would be in the inner circle, but MJF versus the inner circle, definitely a dream match from a wrestling fan perspective once you saw those stables established in AEW. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, looking forward to this match. I thought uh, the go-home edition of Dynamite featured, if not uh, the one of the best promos the Bucks have uh, delivered since AEW started. Um, part of me did kind of laugh at uh, the pain of Papa Buck a couple weeks ago when it looked like he had like a uh, strawberry jam covered on his face. And, Ketchup. Yeah, and, and, and he you, just... If you watch oof. BTE, you know that... Matt and Nick, or was it Matt or was it Nick? Was it Matt that was always gimmicking to get out of doing stuff? That was the bit on BTE. Yeah, that was Matt. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He the, learned the bu- it from watching Papa to Buck. Yeah, <laughs> they learned it from Papa Buck, just like everything else. <laughs> and, but and, and, I will, I will say this real quick. The thing I liked about this program versus the FTR program. I don't think this was overbooked. So, yeah, maybe it was a little much for the inner circle to go after Papa Buck. But, like, that's exactly what Jericho and MJF are going to do because they are shithead heels. <laughs> and the Bucks just came out and they cut a really good promo about it. And as uh, EB said, hey, you probably shouldn't have pissed off the Young Bucks. And and I loved the image of the quote-unquote blood slash strawberry jam uh, smeared on the back of the... Uh, b- uh, of the big rigs uh, of, uh, with the bucks on them. I loved that uh, image uh, that it left. So, I mean, like, yeah, I can kind of laugh at it. It and Papa Bucks acting as he's being loaded into an ambulance. But it's like, I'm looking forward to this match. Uh, I don't know if I'm looking as forward to this match as I was. Like, you already mentioned the FTR match. Uh, you are also already mentioned the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page match, but I do think this will be good. Um, I think the Bucks end up retaining here, and I think former Inner Circle member Sammy Guevara makes his return and causes uh, the Bucks to pick up the victory. Yeah, I definitely think the Bucks get the win here because the storyline, uh, besides Jericho and MJF, MJF's success and Jericho kind of pushing everybody aside for MJF in the Inner Circle, is the implosion of the inner circle and battle lines are fixing to be drawn. And I think that is the bigger long range storyline for Jericho and MJF, not them being the tag champs at this moment, but this is a a great match wherever it falls on the card. But I think it'd be a good one to kick off revolution with. We're just going to, we're just going to go down the list. I don't know. This is probably not the order they're going to be in. Uh, We alluded to it earlier. Uh, the TNT champ Darby Allen uh, partnering with the icon Stain. It's Stain. Yeah, Shivani. <laughs> Good Lord. Like, you know, it's bad when my wife, who is the most casual of observers, I wouldn't even say fans, is like, oh, what's Stain going to do? Come out this week and get interrupted in the middle of his promo again? Yeah, generally. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Like, you, you know, like, you can shoot vignettes and, like, Marvez isn't very useful, but he can stand backstage and hold a microphone. Like Sting and 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 Skiavone need to quit jerking each other off every week and, <laughs> and wasting a segment of dynamite. But I am excited for this match, even if it's taken about they've they've stretched the build out for a while. Team Taz, Cage and Starks versus Darby Allen and Sting in a street fight. These are the things that Sting came back to do to work these cinematic type matches. I don't honestly know what way I think this is going to go. Uh, I don't even know if it's going to be a great match because Sting might end up, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, not like Matt Hardy, but you know, some of these old dudes sometimes uh, <laughs> taking these bumps are rough. Uh, but 
Uh, this is one you're, you're looking forward to just because you get to see, see Stang wrestle again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fact that I I was watching uh, Sting's last match in a wrestling ring, and it was against Seth Rollins where he took a buck, buckle bomb. It's like, oh, he might have just killed Sting. And then we find out, no, he didn't kill Sting, but Sting has a really bad neck injury, and he's retired now. So the fact that we're going from that to now he's getting back involved, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing And And, I mean, yeah, this has been very drawn out and some of the promos and segments have been very similar but the last few weeks i mean i think it started when um uh, brian cage powerbomb sting like like pretty yep. sick bump it's like okay all right stinger's okay so he can still take some bumps i mean he's he i doubt he's going to be in the next barbed wire exploding death match or anything like that but but sting can still uh can still take take a bump so i'm more open to this match and then I thought that the booking since then has been really good particularly when Darby came ziplining down from the rafters and and Mm. just started working suckers with his skateboard like if I was booking this what the the whole zipline thing that would have happened this past week this would have happened on the go home of dynamite Mm -hmm. because because i felt like it's like how how the hell do you top that like like the uh the segment uh really gets going when sting drags out a body bag after we have a video of sting dragging a body bag where darby allen comes out of was like yeah that was awesome and then uh here comes sting with the body bag he's like oh okay is it gonna be darby no it's actually hook taz's son which by the way taz on commentary it's like i love the fact he's like what is this shit cole but he never got off commentary to go stop it until Sting got in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but but then here comes Darby. From Taz the... knows how to take a powder better than any of them. Yeah, he does, Cole. But and, and then and then Darby comes from the rafters, starts working suckers. Like I said, with this skateboard, like that right there, got me so jacked for this match. I. Like you said, I do think this is going to be one of those cinematic matches so they can shoot it, get it right, and most importantly, protect Sting, even though he already proven he can take a dadgum good bump. Uh, I do not see the Stanger losing his comeback match, so I am picking the TNT champion Darby Allen and the man they call Stang. Yeah, I'll, I'll go along with that. That makes sense. Sting makes his big comeback and gets the dub and, you know... Uh... The the when you kind of wrap up a feud, the the face is supposed to prevail over the heels anyway. Uh, women's World Championship match: Hikaru Shida versus uh, Rio uh, Mizunami. I got to be honest. My only thought about this is I'm surprised that Nyla Rose lost Wednesday night on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I think that n- nothing against uh, Mizunami, but I think that was a booking mistake. Uh, I still think those two c- though can put on a good match. That's about all I got to say about it. Uh, which leads me to think that now Riho's gonna or uh, Hikaru Shida's gonna uh, retain un- until they can figure out uh, which American's gonna take the belt off of her. Uh, but you know, I think Nyla should have been built up through that tournament to get her revenge and get the belt back from Shida. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Nyla and Shida definitely have a history, and they already have the story baked in, like you said. Uh, Nyla trying to get her revenge, get her title back from Sheeta. Uh, I, I, I'm sure it's going to be a great match. I, I have very little exposure outside of the handful of matches they've thrown online through their YouTube channel uh, to uh, Mizunami. I, yeah, I, I think Sheeta will continue her uh, 
reign as the women's champion. And I, like I, part of me hates to say this, uh, just because it feels like they're going back to the well. I think Riho is going to end up being the one to taking the strap off of Sheeta. All right, next match on the card. Uh, this is an interesting one. A big money match. Big Matt, big money Matt Hardy versus the uh, uh, drunken, anxious, millennial cowboy, <laughs> Hangman Adam Page. Uh, winner receives a loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. Uh, this is an interesting one because I could see it going either way. I, I could see this maybe being the middle match, setting up a, a rubber match kind of in the series, so to speak. Um, but I could also see that, you know, you're using this as more of a short-term feud for Hangman to continue to lot of rocket up his ass and building, you know, because he's undefeated right now in singles competition since he returned to singles competition uh, after losing the the tag straps and the fallout with Kenny. Um, I think he's like six and zero. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Hangman is. So uh, you get him to seven and zero oh with a win over Matt Hardy. And then that certainly vaults him up the rankings. And eventually, you know, down the line that leads to a title shot. You build up, Hey, you know, your former uh, tag team champ, your tag team partners uh, undefeated. When are you going to, when are you going to wrestle Hangman type thing? Uh, on the other side, I could see, you know, it is big money Matt, and it's a big money match. And this not necessarily being the end of that feud, uh, but uh, I'm intrigued either way. Uh, I don't know if it's my gut or my heart telling me that Hangman gets the win on Sunday. See, like, to me, this is a 50-50 toss-up. I could see this going either yeah, way. it is. It is for me, too. And I think the thing that really is the... Breaker for me, by the way, I think uh, Private Party is going to get involved. I think TH2 is going to get involved. I think the Dark Order is going to get involved. Shenanigans will be abound is what I'm saying in this matchup. But the thing that kind of pushes me in the way that I'm going to pick this match, I think they are long-term telling the story. We already talked about uh, him kind of falling from grace after losing the match with Kenny. Uh, His... Um, quote-unquote alcoholism? Do they want to go full-blown with that? Or at least his uh, enjoyment of the sauce. I think they're telling the story of Hangman hitting rock bottom before they put that rocket on his back and shoot him to the moon. Yeah, you talked about how he's undefeated in single competition since he uh, went back to the singles division um, this year. Uh, What good is it if you don't have any money to show for it? Like, I think it's going to get to the point where Hangman, despite all of his success in the ring, he uh, has no money. The only friends he has are the Dark Order. And eventually, he's going to get his shit together and be like, look, I'm tired of this. I'm 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 Hangman Adam Page, damn it! And I'm gonna I'm gonna start climbing that mountain. And I'm gonna get what I deserve. So I'm going with Matt Hardy here. So what you're saying is Hangman hasn't bottomed out yet, and to tell that story well, he needs to bottom all the way out. And Pretty lose much all his money. I mean, okay, yeah. yeah lose, I mean, again, yeah. I, we, I think we both think this is a 50-50 situation. I can see either way. It just depends on how AEW wants to book it. What they want, what they're wanting to do next with Hangman who they're wanting to match Hangman with. You know, it maybe ties into other matches. And if, you know, the main event is the swan song for John Moxley for right now, then Kenny Omega needs a new challenger, yada, yada. It just depends on what they want to do. All right, face of the revolution ladder match. Cody Rhodes 
with Arn Anderson, which it was very interesting last Ooh. night after uh, FTR got that win over uh, Jurassic Express. With JoJo Dillon. Brother. J.J. Dillon, baby. <laughs> Man, there were so many horseman parts in play last night. Oh, my God. Which, it, wh- wh- I don't know if it was a wrestling ring or a glue factory. There were so many horsemen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I thought you were going to go with I didn't know if it was a wrestling show or a, or a Comic-Con because uh, all those legends really like making those rounds. But your joke, way better. Good job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting. And just remember, it's the law of nature. A horseman will screw a roads if given time. Mm-hmm. As sure as the sun is coming up in the morning, that is definitely going to happen. Cody Rhodes with, by the way, in case you're wondering what happened, uh, FTR beat Jurassic Express with the help of a uh, surprise person who was hiding as a member of the production team, and it was Sean Spears, and Tully Blanchard was part of the six-man tag, so you kind of got to... Mm. And then with with old good old J.J. Dillon, you kind of had the the four horsemen riding again for a moment. That was some foreshadowing. And then Arn came out and threw up the four, which is like, oh, hell. And then it got stepped on because you thought Shivani was going to find out what was going on with the horsemen. And then he was like, well, that was cool, but I want to talk to Stang. It's like your segment's over, JoJo. Move it on. (laughs) <laughs> GTFO, Shivani's got stuff to do. I gotta get to Starbucks. By the way, shout out, Tully looked awesome in ring. Like, like I'm not. I really I, thought I'm, he was gonna do that Tope Suicida for a moment, oh. and then he was like, oh no. Remember who he's with? No flips, just fists, baby. They're not leaving uh, their feet. And the one time they did, they lost to the Bucks. Come on. Yep. Yep. But also, Tully, Tully's made too much money to need to keep doing that. But anyway, <laughs> Cody Rhodes versus Scorpio Sky versus Penta El Cerro Miro. So Penta uh, returning from legitimate injury mm-hmm. uh, versus Lance Archer with Jake Roberts. So you got Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts smacking each other around the ring. Uh, the, the apron. Uh, versus Max Caster versus TBD. And the TBD... For the Race of the Revolution ladder match is not the TBD that Paul White teased on Dynamite this week. That's right. Shivani didn't want to talk to Sting. Shivani wanted to talk to Big Show. And was like, okay, Horseman, that's cool, but I got to talk to Big Show. Yep. Clock's ticking, Bubba. Uh, Anyway, so you not only have the... We'll get to this, a major Hall of Fame caliber person signing with AEW, but you have a TBD for the ladder match. And we will wildly speculate on who that Hall of Fame caliber individual is. Yes. Yes, that is forthcoming. (laughs) Uh, But this is the Face of Revolution ladder match. Winner gets a future TNT championship match. And Tony Khan himself, so I mean, I would take this as a source. Uh, Tony Khan himself said that match is happening on Dynamite the Wednesday after revolution so if darby allen kills himself then he's not the champ anymore because he hasn't defended the title in a while so do with that what you will man i swear to god if cody rhodes wins this i might break my television yeah i was trying to think who who do i think is going to win but the first thing that came to my mind was who do i not want to win and that answer is cody rhodes like like yeah i'm with you if cody wins this match like he will fully evolve into the mini triple h that the uh wrestling internet uh community declares him as like 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 he cannot win this match like i understand he put the own stipulation on himself that you know he can't challenge for the AEW world heavyweight championship because reasons but like no cody cody just 
Stay the hell out of the TNT championship picture. Like, um, uh, go, go feud with Hakeem Olajuwon or something. Like, like you like fighting big, giant, tall centers from the NBA past? Go, go after him. What is, what is Clyde Drexler doing? Go fight him. Just don't, don't, don't get in the TNT championship picture, please. Please. We can invite him to the boom boom room with Ron Slay. Oh, Ron Slay would totally smoke Cody Rhodes. Are you kidding me? Oh, dude, it would. That would be a no, that would be a no contest. He would get in less offense than he did against uh, freaking Brody. Brody Lee. Yeah. That would that it would Cody Rhodes would not survive very long in the boom boom room. Yeah. Literally anybody else could win this match. Like literally, the wrestler could come out and his gimmick could be TBD, and he could have a dumbass <laughs> question mark hat. And it would be better than Cody Rhodes winning this match. I hope it's Scorpio Sky. If not Scorpio Sky, then Penta. Because Penta and Darby would break your television. Mm-hmm. Like, I cert- like, like, part of me thinks it's going to be Lance Archer just the way mm-hmm. he's, he's been positioned here recently. He has more of a face thing going than the original Murderhawk monster. Uh, the way he came in with uh, it, Jake it Roberts. It would be a full circle thing. Mm-hmm. And, he, and was in the, he was in the original match for the belt exactly. at the end of the tournament. Yep. And, and I, I think him and Darby would put on a hell of a match. I love your thought on Scorpio Sky, but it's like, when was the last time we saw Scorpio Sky on TV before the go-home edition of Dynamite? Like, I'll be honest, like, I kind of completely forgot about Scorpio Sky. Though, I mean... We were doing a bunch of stuff on Dark, which is why we forgot about him. Well, well, there you go. Okay. Dark for a reason. Yeah. Um, but but, but yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, I think Scorpio Sky would be cool. Like, that would help you, like, get him back on television and give him a little bit of a push because he's one of those original AEW guys. And he's certainly capable of... Oh, of absolutely. having a fantastic program. Uh, Penta would be good. Lance Archer would be good. Heck, if you want to give a young guy a run, because, like, uh, the other dude from the Acclaimed is hurt, so, like, Max Caster working a short-term feud that with Darby. Could, that could be really fun. I mean, like, everybody involved, except Cody, I think would be a good pick, but it's like, me personally, I'm rooting for Penta because I love me some Penta. Like, that dude kicks ass. He's a former Impact World Heavyweight Champion, and I think it's interesting. I mean, I think this is done more by necessity than actual booking. Uh, last couple weeks, I mean, this go-home episode, we saw Pac and Ray Phoenix tag team uh-huh. and just kill some jobbers, so what if they like kind of split the Lucha Bros up within the death triangle and, uh-huh. and Penta can kind of do a single thing because like I'll tell you straight up Penta versus Darby would be so fucking good it would melt your television so like <laughs> if if the death triangle won the tag team battle royal and then crazy. had a a feud with the Bucks, which would just break again. It would break your brain. The match they'd be able to have, because like the crazy thing is, is, is Pat can move just about as good as the Lucha Bros. Mm-hmm. Oh God, but yeah. he's literally built like a brick shit house. I mean, like, like I, I, I know you're not familiar. With, uh, I know you're not familiar with with his run as the cruiserweight champion in WWE when he was Neville. Dude was a monster. He flew around like a luchador, but he was still beating the shit out of people. It was awesome. So you could have that, and then you also have Penta, you know, feuding with Darby, and you can have the interference from the other members of the Death Triangle. Um, 
you know, and kind of do that tweener thing. Uh, I think it would, I think that'd be good booking. Like literally the shock master could be the TBD. <laughs> and if the shock master won, I would be happy as long as it's not Cody Rhodes. Oh, shock. I'm officially going to make my pick, uh, Penta. I think, I think, I think your, uh, vibe with Lance Archer though is solid. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's going to be my official pick because especially just like with the way he's been booked here recently, like, like I, I really think AEW is getting ready to do big things with Lance Archer, which rightfully so. I mean, dude's, well, a monster for the lack of a better term. He, he's like almost seven foot tall and Shaq making, made him look like a baby back bitch last night. <laughs> I still can't believe that Lance Archer played college football and was the and was quarterback. a quarterback. Yeah, like okay, yeah, sure, he he played college football. Yeah, okay, I could definitely see him yeah. being like a lineman, just blowing sucker. No, no, he was the quarterback. Yeah, sure, I'm gonna try to ta- tackle Lance Archer. Nope, dude, you run the read option. You can just score. No kidding. Yeah, it's like I could see him just Business like 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 decision. handing out like like big boots as he runs the read option. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more matches to go through quickly here before we wrap this up. Miro and Kip Saban with Penelope Ford versus the best friends Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor, which hopefully burns off this stupid feud. <sighs> um, my pick is make it stop. Oh God, make it stop. Like, like I, I know in our uh predictions of 2021 or wrap up of 2020 podcast i said i predicted big things for miro this year i do still think that's a possibility but that can only happen if they stop this god forsaken monkey paw feud like whatever you have to do make it stop there was one highlight the them ruining the wedding was funny but I mean, that's like a wrestling trope that yep. something mm-hmm. bad always happens at the wrestle at the wedding. But Orange Cassidy jumping out of a cake, whatever. But y'all started fighting because of a freaking video game console that you could like remake out of like plywood. <sighs> this is so bad. Do better things with Miro. Please stop. Just, 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 just fucking stop. Let the bet. Whoever has to win to end this yeah. win. <laughs> just make it go away. Yeah, that's also my pick. And look, the theme song to the show is the Best Friends theme because we like the Best Friends and we love Orange Cassidy. I have an OC t-shirt. Like, like I own one AEW t-shirt and it's Orange Cassidy. But please, for the love of Jesus, stop. All right, the last match we got to talk about for a future AEW World Tag Team Championship match, the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. Bear Country. Two dudes named Bear that I've never heard of. Yeah, I, like Bert, I, I'm so glad you said that. I was looking at the graphic, and there's these weirdos on the end with like weird masks and furry vests, and it's like, who the fuck is that? And I look it up. Bol- oh, it's Bear Country. Boulder and Bronson Bear. Well, and the best part is, like, I look up. Oh, it's Bear Country. Okay, who the fuck is Bear Country? <laughs> <laughs> Versus Alex Reynolds and Johnny. I'm hungry. Silver of the of the Dark Order. The Meat Man. I made a good pun last night that nobody liked on Twitter because uh, Silver gave Hangman a hug, and I quote Johnny Huggy. Johnny, Johnny Huggy. Yes, there it is. See, that's why we're friends. We finish each other's sandwiches. This is also what's interesting. Two other members of the Dark Order, Uno and Grayson, the versus Santana tattoo. and Ortiz of the Inner Circle, okay, right. versus the Butcher and the Blade, versus Private Party, versus Top Flight, 
versus Pack and Phoenix of Death Triangle versus the Varsity Blondes, Griff, who the fuck is Garrison, <laughs> and Flying Brian Pillman Jr. The Seidel Brothers, which, you know, Matt Seidel getting Mike Seidel on TV is about as good as uh, Jericho getting Luther a job just because. Or, or almost as good as uh, Dollar Store Dolph Ziggler getting a job because he's brothers with uh, actual Dolph Ziggler. And then Dolph on social media posting the picture of him watching <laughs> him, him get tapped out. That was so funny. Oh, my God. That was so good. I could so only Callen, imagine the text that they send to each other, just completely just giving each other shit and taking the piss out. Oh, my God. That's so funny. SoCal Uncensored, Frankie and Christopher, uh, which, by the way, remember when they said, hey, the next time we lose, we're done as a tag team? I was about Have to they had a match since then? Nope, I don't think so. And I, I don't yeah, think so. Well, I mean, they can't uh, they can't break up if they don't lose by not having matches. And I also have to ask, does that mean if they if, lose the battle royal, yeah. or is it only one only you know team on you know technicalities in wrestling are important anyway? <laughs> Natural nightmares, Dustin Rhodes and QT. I've got an Apple Marshall. Oh my God! How many teams are in this damn thing? Fifteen. God, the, the the aforementioned chaos project There's because more? that's kind of like uh, that's kind of like allegedly Taylor Lewan has it in his contract that as long as he's a Tennessee Titan, Will Compton has to be a Tennessee <laughs> Titan. He has to either it, it, it doesn't have to be on the active roster, but if no other team has signed Will Compton, the Titans have to put Will Compton on the practice squad. Apparently, Lewan put that in his contract. It's what's allegedly. best for business. Because so the chaos project. And then the gun club. Oh, oh no. Assuming they oh recover God. from getting their ass handed to them. The gun by club. Shaq. Can we call Shaq back to finish the job? Like like summon him like the oh. genie from Kazam and just oh. stop it. But wait. But wait. No. It gets better. No, there's not more. Versus there's one more. Oh my god. Team TBA. Oh my God! Are you serious? Fifteen teams in that battle royal. Oh my God! And again, remember, in an AEW tag team battle royal, both members have to be eliminated. This thing, like, like they need to start the match now on a Thursday just to get it done, so the so the main card can start. On, oh my God! Which but, the Gun Club, mm. Bear Country. Chaos Project and the Varsity Blondes need to get simultaneously eliminated, like at the beginning. Just have like some big smas, and then like literally, you have fifteen guys go off one rope, fifteen off the other, and <laughs> like five teams get knocked over the rope because they do some big like group clothesline gimmick. You know what? I think it's unfair for you to lump. Uh, the varsity blondes in with those other teams because I definitely think there's growth for those uh, for for varsity blondes. Uh, I agree. I'm but just yeah, making yeah, a joke yeah, because I, I understand. Yeah, because right at this point, yeah. So this just occurred to me, uh, which I can't believe there's a TBA team. Um, you know who's not on this card at all? FTR. Do you think that FTR is going to be that TBA? It'd be good for business. Yeah, because I mean, like that. They would don't even have to. They don't even have to win it. I'm not even saying they should win it. I think here's the two things that intrigue me. Now, obviously, look if one of the if one of the young groups won it, like if Top Flight won it and they got a title shot, or the Varsity Blondes, or whomever you know 
heck Reynolds and Silver because you want to push them. They're my dark horse in this match. I'm I'm not convinced to pull the trigger on them, but I could definitely see uh, the Meat Man and uh, Reynolds getting or, that win. Or the or if you know SoCal Uncensored wants to break up, but they want one more match with the Bucks. You know that could be a sentimental dark horse. But here's the two things that interest me the most. Either like I talked about, Death Triangle wins. Penta wins, so then you have the Death Triangle Revolution on Dynamite because they're challenging for all the belts. Oh, I'd love that. Just draped in gold. Or, what if, because we both think the Bucks retain, mm-hmm. but what if Jericho and MJF win and then Santana and Ortiz win? Yes, like they should have a couple weeks ago. And then Sammy returns, and he's kind of in the middle and he's trying to, you know, kind of figure out where his allegiances lie and maybe try to convince Santana and Ortiz uh, to side with him to go against MJF. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. And you already talked about how we're uh, like, we feel like we're on the verge of an inner circle civil war. If Santana and Ortiz were to pick up uh, the victory in this uh, casino tag team Royale uh, and go after the titles that Jericho and MJF were unsuccessful at getting, I could very easily see mm-hmm. the jealousy of not so much Jericho, but definitely MJF interjecting to inadvertently costing uh, Santana and Ortiz their shot at the straps. And then they side with, with Sam. You know, I was thinking about this a couple weeks and not need to get into fantasy booking, but it's a shame that there's an odd number of people in the inner circle because you know what the great way to blow up the inner circle would be? Four and four match. Blood and guts. Ooh. Well, they could, uh, they could take uh, one of the members out due to quote-unquote injury, but then you'd have like, what, what a three-on-three match and, and, and I don't know if blood and guts would, would be that sexy because because originally it was what pitched as a uh, uh five on five match i mean if you had if you had four on four you could make it work oh definitely yeah absolutely three four on, on four mm. four on four would work in war games but you know where are you gonna find that that fourth person especially especially at this point in the in the in the shelf life of the inner circle because i i can't imagine we're the only ones that feel like we're approaching the end of the inner circle. It's it, it's had a damn good run. They've had a lot of highlights. They had a low light where Chris Jericho took a uh, took a bath in some tang. Uh but yeah, for the most part it's been it's been really good. But yeah, like it really does feel like we're approaching the man. Ah, I mean, I could see some situation where they have a showdown and lines are kind of drawn in the sand and Either Hager's unavailable because he, uh, oh, well, Jake Hager's just not here because he's training for MMA. So, like, Wardlow steps in, you make three on three teams. But then Hager so- shows up surprisingly and, like, kills MJF or something, you know, because Sammy bought him off. But now we're getting into fantasy booking. <laughs> but the point is, those would be the ones that intrigue me. My official pick if FTR. Does it enter as the TBA team? I am going to go with Death Triangle. Oh, as much as I want to give it to Santana and Ortiz, because that is a tag team that has been vastly looked over since they came to AEW, as much as I want to give it to Silver and Reynolds, 
I got to agree with you. I really love the idea of death triangle challenging for all the straps and quite possibly, like I already said, draped in gold. That would make them that night. I mean, they, they don't. That would they, 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 that would yes. make them that group like the inner circle at the beginning of AEW. That would make them, I mean, going back to our first segment, talking about uh, the Hurt Business. Uh, at one point, yep. uh, they held the tag straps in the United States Championship. Now they hold the actual damn WWE championship and the tag straps that would make them like the definitive force to be reckoned with in AEW on the way out. What do you, am I, am I off base here? Butcher and blade as a dark horse to get something for them to do to kind of elevate them back up. Cause they've been kind of, you know, uh, mostly muscle for Eddie Kingston recently. I mean, I would love that. I'm a fan of, uh, of the butcher and the blade, uh, I don't know if I, I I'm I'm not, I, I don't want to make them a dark horse when it's not realistic, but I, I think that could be some good booking for them. I could see it, but I don't think it's likely. I will say no, that. Yeah. Like like that, like I I think right now with ev- with everything the way it's stacked up, uh, they have a nice spot as being kind of a middle of the road heel tag team uh they they have a killer look they can go in the ring but you know if they go up against the lucha bros the young bucks hell maybe even scu uh santana and ortiz you know they're not going over but but yeah everybody else below them on the card they can take care of easily and i know you said before we head to the door we still have to wildly speculate who's going to be the hall oh, of fame yes, worthy yes, yes, signee yes. rab who do you think it's going to be and why i really don't know which is I, why I, we're wildly speculating. Tony Khan makes me think it's actually going to be somebody. For a second, I bought into the idea I saw on the internet that it would be Paul White officially signing a contract. You sent me that like text. Wrestle. I'm like, oh, you, I, I swear to God, if that's what it is, I'm done with this company. <laughs> I really don't know. Can I just say, I, I don't know who it is, but here's my theory on possibilities. I don't think it's Brock Lesnar. That is a name that's been floated out, and I'll be honest, part of me wouldn't be that surprised. I would hate it. Because, I mean, like, like Brock Lesnar is motivated by one thing, and it's green, and Tony Khan has a lot of it. I just don't see how Brock's any better off in AEW than he is in WWE, because WWE is going to give him a lot of money to show up and wrestle four times a year. And plus, I don't think Paul Heyman's going to stop sucking from the company Teat, and Paul Heyman, you know, uh, speaks for Brock, because Brock doesn't like to do that. Um, I don't think it would also be great business for AEW because then it would just further brand them as, well, you said you were going to be different, but you just keep signing WWE guys up. And Brock's only going to do what Brock wants to do. So you're not going to be able to book him in a different way than what he does in WWE right now. And it's going to stifle some of your homegrown talent. Though I'll be honest, like if if Brock tried, I would love to see – Brock and Kenny Omega. I think that would that would be an amazing. Match. I think that would be good. I don't think it's Brock. Um, I, I think because this is not a swerve, because uh, Paul White said it's not who you think it is, and because we know he doesn't have a good relationship with AEW, I don't think it's CM Punk. Because CM I don't think Punk fixed C- yet. Yeah, of course, it's a wrestling podcast. And, uh, we have to mention CM Punk at least once. I hope. It is someone from Japan, someone who you may have even seen recently. Mm, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Not to go all outcast on you. Because I think 
when the Forbidden Door was open and Kenta showed up in AEW, that was simply to help promote that match that John Moxley was having for the U.S. Championship because Moxley was acknowledged as the U.S. Champ for a couple weeks and successfully defended uh, the IWGP uh, Championship, U.S. Championship, and then that kind of didn't get mentioned again. And so Tony Khan was doing a favor for John Moxley. Uh, and it was also good for television to have the surprise of Kenta showing up. Although I don't know, is he Hall? Is he Hall of Fame worthy? Does technically to qualify for that? I mean, he's really damn good. I mean, in the in in the eyes of wrestling fans, Kenta slash well, I'm not even going to say slash Hideo Itami for his run in NXT because he was more injured than he was, and uh, Kenta is kind of a legend. I mean, I guess you could find a Hall of Fame to put him in, but I don't know if it would be the Hall of Fame that AEW is making their fans think it would be. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I love, I, I I love that option. I think it's going to – I'm hoping it's an out-of-the-box signing. I hope they're really trying to swerve the fans to think it's some old WWE guy, and, and it's not, just because I think that's the better direction for the company to go long-term. That said – if Brock Lesnar shows up, if for some reason John Cena brings hustle, loyalty, and respect to Wednesday night, <laughs> oh my God, could you? I'm imagine? not gonna pee on it. <laughs> That's who it's gonna be. It's John Cena, and everybody knows it. Shut up, what are you? It's no. Jerry the King Lawler. He's had enough of Vince's shit. Yeah, we're finally gonna reunite Jr. and the King. So, we're, and no, they're not gonna kick anybody off the commentating table. It's gonna be a four-man table, and everybody will want to slowly die. Okay, so um. Uh, Who do you think it is? I really don't know. I, I really don't have a solid guess. It just try to think of something for the show made sense that maybe they work something out and Kenta uh, signs a contract uh, with All Elite Wrestling. I mean, I, I love the possibility of Kenta. I don't know what his contract situation is with New Japan. Um, if, if he is locked down, I don't think there's any option of him coming over here. And plus, when when the Bucks and Cody and Kenny all left, apparently there was some butthurt on uh, New Japan's side of them not re-upping. So I don't know if, if Tony would want to uh, upset the relationship now that the forbidden door is forbiddenly open. Um uh, I've seen a lot of speculation. It could be the former WWE uh, performer slash manager, Zelina Vega. I do think Zelina Vega is going to show up in, w or in AEW before it's all said and done, though I don't I, – she, she's not Hall of Fame material, at least now. She could be in the future. I, I really think uh, she is a good character, a good performer. Um Maybe Mickey James, possibly, uh, to uh, give a uh, another piece to the women's division. Though I do think she's still under WWE contract, so I'm going to I'm going to give you my top three, and I'm going to break it down by percentage because you know sometimes we like to play the numbers. Um, coming in at number three with a whopping one percent chance, I got to go see him, Punk. Cause like, like, I mean, like he's out there, maybe, maybe the Fox money isn't coming in now that, uh, Fox isn't doing backstage. Um, I highly doubt this is happening. That's why I'm giving it a 1% chance. Uh, but I like, like that would be a, a seismic signing by AEW coming in at 1.1% chance. 
John Cena, because why not? Law Cena wins. He, I mean, he, he, he already won in, uh, in, in WWE, so why not just go insane? Um, uh, he's going to be involved in the new upcoming movie, uh, Suicide Squad, which is a DC product, which is owned by Warner Brothers, which is, uh, you know, tied in with Turner. So maybe there's some synergy there. And plus, I mean, like, like John Cena could get every show he wanted on TBS. Like, like John Cena goes to the post office and then they would pay him a ton of money to do that. But, um, is John Cena hosting the reboot of Wipeout on TBS? Yes, he is, as a matter of fact. Speaking of some it's Turner John synergy. Cena. That's who it's gonna be. It's John Cena. I mean, we already we already were able to uh to, to crack the code. We got, uh, we got Paul White because Cody went on Go Big Show. Exactly. Yeah. If if you start a show on TBS and start it with Go and then wrestler's name, they're gonna sign it. So hopefully between now and Revolution, they announce Go Brian Danielson, so so uh, the American Dragon could come be on a no, that's not going to happen. But or uh, you know, when, when when we're flipping through it on True TV, we see Go CM Punk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would watch CM Punk beat up the Practical Jokers. That would be a fun show. <laughs> I hate those guys. Yeah, I don't, they're useless. Yeah, I don't understand the appeal. Like, 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 I don't get it. Like, y'all laugh at your own gimmicks way too damn much. It's like, okay, what's your number one? Okay, I'll all be right. Honest, yes. I have no idea. The best guess I came up was with a half-ass stretch that maybe Kento would want to be all elite. So I, nobody else. This, like, for whatever reason, like, this came to me like a a, a bolt of lightning, a bolt of inspiration. I don't know how inspiring it's going to be. I think there's a very real possibility it could be the whole fucking show in Rob Van Dam. Hmm. But I don't know how much that's going to move the needle in 2021. I mean, don't get me wrong, borrowing a line. Can he I, still work? I, I mean, I, I know he was working in Impact before all the pandemic stuff happened, but he's, I mean, shockingly, Rob Van Dam is really into his weed business at this point. Like, like I mean, I'm going to borrow a line I said with Brock Lesnar. If he wants to try, I think a match between him and Kenny Omega could be really fun. Um, a match between, like, him and freaking Ray Phoenix could be fun. But it's like, I... I I don't know, like I said, how much the needle would be moved by Rob Van Dam at this point. By the way, it's not going to be Batista. Batista has already come out and said, uh, no, no, I am. I am. Not I, I thought of one more thing. Okay. And it's not, I can't think, you know, do with this what you will. You pick the wrestler, Dawes. Someone from NWA, because I don't think NWA power's ever coming back. I think. They're going to run out of money before they survive the pandemic. Well, NWA, actually, uh, they did sign a deal. I believe it was with Fight TV to carry their uh, productions. So, I mean, it's a very real possibility uh, that, A, they do come back. B, they don't come back. But, I mean, there does seem to be a working relationship between the two companies. I mean, like maybe out of uh, NWA, we could get like James Storm. I don't know if he necessarily checks the box of Hall of Fame worthy. Me personally, I would love to see Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, show up in AEW because uh, he and Cody Rhodes have a uh, history as the Rhodes Scholars. Mm -hmm. like, like, and I always thought he got a raw deal when it came to his run in WWE. Amazing character worker, good in the ring. Um, but again, I don't know if that checks the box when it comes to Hall of Fame 
caliber. That right there throws uh, a whole lot, yeah. a whole lot of like, huh? You got to look and think at it long and hard. So it's like, I'll be honest. It's like I threw out some names and I even put percentages next to them, like really shittily thrown together percentages. I have no idea who this is going to be. I think that's what makes it great, though. Exactly. And that's a, yeah, yeah. That's I, a perfect mm-hmm. way to end it is we really don't know. Yes, thank you for listening for two hours. We're going to close it with we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> we don't. I, I, it's, I, I honestly have no idea who's going to be the sixth person in the, in the ladder match. I don't care who the 47th team is in the tag match unless it's FTR. Rab, it's me and you. Didn't you get the email from TK? We're making a wrestling debut. <laughs> Yeah, it went to spam, dude. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, my God. I accidentally marched, uh, marked everything in my inbox instead of Mark Red, Mark is yep. junk. So I'm now having to actually read my junk mail. This is a living hell that I'm walking through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I might just cancel email going forward. Like, like, like that is definitely on the table at this point. Or just highlight everything in your fam- spam folder as not spam and then re-highlight the spam. <laughs> Well, then I'm just reading my spam mail and it's now in my inbox. Regardless, I want to die because of my in my email situation. <laughs> With that said, Dawes has to get back to filtering through the Cialis uh, boner pills. Why do they think my uh, penis emails. is small? That's messed up. Because <laughs> <laughs> one thing he's got in common with the Good Brothers. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of real quick, it's like. They need they need they need time out from BTE. They really do. It's like I love Gallows, I love Anderson. I can appreciate their brand of humor, but like anytime they show up on BTE, it's like oh god, here we go again. Really, they 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 get they, they gave they gave Papa Buck a, a Cialis in the in the ambulance because that was going to help him recover. And then apparently they get Brandon Cutler one, which 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 I I don't know if his narcolepsy is is a gimmick or a shoot, but. <sighs> Yeah, they, they I'm they, worried about I'm worried about Cutler just randomly falling asleep in the airport. That's not good. I mean, to be fair, he does he is two contract Cutler, so he works hard. He works forty eight hours a day. Yeah. Because he's got two contracts. That's impossible, but uh but Mr. D and D himself definitely does it. By the way, Brandon Cutler, if you're listening, I want to play D and D with you. I think that'd be really fun. All right, Daz, so we gotta close it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been trying to do that for a couple of minutes. Rab, where can the love of listeners find you off of this podcast? The amazing Off the Bench program Monday through Friday from 11 to noon. Tomorrow, as we record this, I get to go broadcast from a food truck park. Ooh. The week that I agreed to support my wonderful wife by starting a new healthy meal plan with her. <laughs> Well, Rab, if you're on the job, the calories don't count, so you should. That's be true. I might just, I might just indulge anyway. Yeah. But uh, no, off the bench Monday through Friday, uh, wcdtradio.com. Uh, stream it, subscribe to WCDT Radio podcast, uh, and and check it out if you want to hear my takes on the world of sports. We're often just like, I don't know who's going to show up at Revolution and sign a contract. I really don't know what's going on with sports either. Uh, but neither does Rick Barnes, so that's okay. Ouch. We call that a show prep and also a plug. Uh, follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me. That's uh, where you can follow, find me 280 characters at a time. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips, sit on your button munch. That's where you can find 
really, really outdated episodes of this fine podcast, uh, Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. Got Talk. We have a complete Season 8 rundown where uh, myself and my co-host just slowly lose the will to live as we realize, holy shit, Game of Thrones is going to botch the landing, and by God, did they botch the landing. But uh, in lieu of that, I invite you to go to the iTunes store and search for Near Fall Radio, this fine podcast that you just listened to. If you're listening to it, please subscribe. And if you are doing both of those things, please please leave us a five-star review because that definitely helps out. And remember, five stars or GTFO. I also appear on The Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com and also available on the Newstalk 987 app and the iHeartRadio app as well. So, Rab, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend's card at Revolution. Looking forward to it so much, in fact, I'm taking Monday off so my ass can stay up Sunday night to watch the pay-per-view live as it happens. So maybe I'll uh, get in and uh, do some live tweeting on our account at uh, twitter.com slash nearfallradio. Parting thought for you, Dawes, on the way out. The la- literally the last thing I'm going to say. All right, love it. Bring it on, baby. Exploding barbed wire death match for the world championship i mean that right there ladies and gentlemen how do you top that so we're just going to leave it at that so for the will rab i am bourbon boobs landed down <laughs> thank you for listening to near fall radio you've been great we've been near fall thank you very much and have a